0: 49ers and Chiefs will face off in Miami in Super Bowl 54. We preview the big game with New York Sports Writer of the Year Mike Vaccaro. We also are joined by SiriusXM and CBS Sports Network host The Great Adam Shine. All that and more next on Gangs All Here with the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome to Gangs All Here, a New York Jets podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host and Jets beat writer, Brian Costello. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brian Coz. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your pods. We are joined today by Mike Vaccaro and Adam Schein. Let's talk Super Bowl 54. Programming note, this is the, the final normal show until our pre-NFL free agency show, the week of March 9th. Our post-Super Bowl show will be a joint podcast between Gangs All Here and Blue Rush with Jimmy Fowler in New York, me down in Miami from the game, and our producer Jake Brown down at the Borgata in Atlantic City. We will have the game covered and all the betting angles covered too. All right, well, as we get ready for Super Bowl 54, we'll talk about that a lot in today's podcast, but I just want to touch on some Jets stuff before we begin. Uh, I was in Mobile, Alabama all week uh, at the Senior Bowl practices, and you know the Jets had a strong presence down there with new general manager Joe Douglas. And his entire scouting staff there, all but one scout was down there. One scout got the unfortunate assignment of the Hula Bowl in Hawaii, but the rest of them spent the week in Mobile. Uh, you know, from talking to everyone down in Mobile, from agents to uh, executives with other teams to people inside the Jets, everybody loves Joe Douglas. I mean, you can't find anyone to say anything bad about Douglas. He's very popular, very respected. So I think Jets fans should be encouraged uh, that they have a general manager that seems to be um, just really well thought of by everyone in the NFL. Now, does that mean he's going to turn everything around? Well, he's got to find good players to do that, and even guys who are respected sometimes can't find good players. So that's the challenge for him to rebuild the Jets roster. But I think it is a positive to see just you know how well-respected he is and with his background with the Ravens Uh, and the Bears and the Eagles. He just knows a lot of people, Um, and I I heard from a lot of guys who just said, you know, the Jets got it right. They've got the right guy in charge now. You know, now it's up to him and his scouts to go out and figure out how to improve this roster, which needs a lot of improving. Uh, Offensive linemen at the Senior Bowl uh, were the the focus for me because I I think that's where the Jets' focus is this offseason. A couple guys stood out. Houston's Josh Jones, a big tackle. Uh, If they don't go... For somebody at number eleven, a tackle, I could see Jones being a target if he if he's there in the second round. Uh, center Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU really stood out to me. He uh, not only done on the field, but talking to him off the field, he's very impressive. Was a leader of that national championship team. They at LSU they give out a um, number number eighteen. They give to a guy who's like. Leads the way and, and does everything right. And he got it this year. He couldn't wear it in the games because he's center, but he wore 18 in practice. And that's a big honor at LSU. It kind of shows you he's a high character guy. So those are two names I'd keep an eye on. Uh, you know, things will quiet down here for a few weeks until the scouting combine at the end of February with the Jets and then free agency begins. Um, you know, as far as the Super Bowl, I want to bring in my producer now, Jake Brown, to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Um, Jake, I just, you know, what have you been thinking, uh, as you've analyzed this chiefs 49ers matchup this week? Well, first off, I'm thinking, what is Kaz doing in Miami? Like, do you, do you have like the
1: meals planned? Do you have events? Will you be at parties? I want to know what, what's going on when you're not working down there.
0: Well, it's not as glamorous as you think for, for one, the media hotel this year. And I, and I, look, I'm going to the super bowl. I'm not complaining, but you asked, I'm at the airport. Uh, the airport, you know, in Miami, staying at a hotel. So I'm not on South Beach or anything like that. I'm not the Clevelander. You're not at the Fountain Blue. No, no, no not at all. I, I will be nowhere near the beach uh, at my hotel. But I think the media center where we do a lot of the work is at the convention center, which I think is down by the beach. So uh, we'll see that. Yeah, the, you know, the, the way Super Bowl week goes is you got to get your meals in early in the week, Jake, because once like Thursday hits, you're not getting in anywhere if you're if you're C- Brian Costello. You you gotta be a lot bigger than me to to get into the restaurants in Miami. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we gotta do some some restaurants.
1: I figured if you're rolling with Steve Serby or New York Sports Writer of the Year, Mike Vaccaro, they might get you in a like Club
0: Live VIP with the uh, roped off <laughs> section. You know who the guy is with the connections is Canizaro. That's the guy from really? our paper with the connections. Canizaro, yeah, Canizero is pretty good. And he he knows Maitre D's all over the place. He'll get us into Joe Stone's, Joe Stone Crabs one night, I'm sure.
1: I didn't read Can as, as the guy getting you into uh, the the front line
0: of the, the five-star restaurants. Wow. Uh, he's the guy. He's the guy. Golf courses and restaurants. If you want to get on those, you talk to Azero.
1: All right. A couple minutes on the game, Kaz, before uh, you talk to the great Vicara and Adam Schein, who's one of my favorites in the industry. Him and uh, Mad Dog are two of my favorite radio personalities. The Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 54-and-a-half. It's expected to be a shootout, Kaz. Uh, How do you see this playing out? Do you see it going as Vegas thinks it's going to go and being a shootout, or do you see that 49ers defense stifling this high-powered Chiefs offense?
0: You know, whenever you have a total like that and everyone's expecting it to be a shootout, I feel like it never materializes, like it'll go the other way. Uh, But this Chiefs offense is just so explosive. I I, I just don't know um, how the 49ers will keep it down. I know the 49ers defense is good, but I'm picking the Chiefs in the game. Uh, I just I think they're ready for this. I think they've been building toward this. You know, last year getting the championship game, losing in overtime, and now they get here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I, I I can't bet against him, and just how explosive that offense is. Uh, what what about you? Do you like that? Do you like the over? I know you're an over guy. Do you like the over? In the I game?
1: inject overs into my veins. You're right, but that is that number is begging you to bet under. Uh, which makes me want to bet over. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so tough because I don't think – I think you're right. I think the Chiefs are ready. I think Andy Reid's ready. I think they're the more ready team right now. I think the 49ers could be the team of the future, and maybe they'll even be back next year. I am also going to pick the Chiefs. Uh, I think it'll be close. Though. I think they win by, like, a field goal. I'm going to say something like a 30-27. Um, I, I do think Pat Mahomes is going to be the MVP. I th- I'm going with the chalk here. I think Mahomes is going to have an over 300-yard day. You know, three touchdowns, and uh, I just don't think, Kaz, that the 49ers can get away with throwing the ball just eight times. Garoppolo has got to come up big. He's got to throw it at least 20 times. They cannot run on that Chiefs' aggressive run defense uh, 40 times and run for 250 yards.
0: Yeah, and Chris Jones has another two weeks to get healthy. So, I mean, he, he had a big impact in that championship game. He played well even in a limited role, so I think he'll have a bigger role in the Super Bowl. I agree with you. I don't think the formula that the 49ers used uh, can work against the chiefs. I think Jimmy G is going to have to step up and throw the ball. And I, you know, maybe he can, I'm not saying he can't, but uh, it's just going to be, um, you know, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to slow the chiefs down. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, I think it's, this is the most interesting matchup I can remember in a while though. I think, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Um to see how, how the 49ers try to slow down the Chiefs.
1: And we know one thing. The the, the Jets are nowhere near uh, sniffing a Super Bowl, so we will not see gangrene here next year.
0: You know, but look, I look at the 49ers, and I covered a Jets-49ers game at the end of 2016, and the Jets won that game with Bryce Petty at quarterback. That's how bad the 49ers were, and that's not that long ago. three years ago, and they were able to build it and, you know, I know Jets fans don't want to hear anything about patience, but there was patience with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and they built this team, and now they're here. So, you know, maybe it's not as far away as you think if, if there's a little bit of patience here and they, Joe Douglas and Adam Gates get time to build this. I know you don't want to hear that, Jake.
1: I'll try to be optimistic, and,
0: you know, I would love them to make it next year, but I think they're a long way Away, Yeah, next year's a little much, but maybe, you know, maybe a couple years, three years. You know, they, the 49ers were 0-9 in Shanahan's first year. You know who could break
1: it down and maybe be more positive than me? It's
0: New York Sports Writer of the Year, Mike Vaccaro. We're now joined by longtime New York Post sports columnist and New York Sports Writer of the Year, friend of the program, Mike Vaccaro. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mike Vac, that's with two Cs. Read his stories in the post and at nypost.com. Vac, welcome into the show. I uh, wanted to touch on something right away is uh, your column that was in the post last week about uh, Derek Thomas. I thought that was really well done uh, for those of that maybe didn't see it or or those that did see it. Uh, just can you kind of recap your time when in Kansas city and your relationship with uh, one of the all time great chiefs?
2: Yeah, I spent a year uh, covering all well, cover the chiefs, but I was a takeout writer in in Kansas city. And obviously when you work at the Kansas city star, the chiefs are going to be one of the things you write about, uh, uh, partners at the time. And so so uh, one of my first assignments was to do a, a long feature on Derek Thomas. And it wasn't going that well because he wasn't in a very chatty mood and he just wasn't in a great mood. And he said he only had about five minutes to give me. But uh I mentioned to him that we actually happened to share the same birthday, literally the same birthday, January 1st, 1967. And uh he said, prove it. And so I had to show him my driver's license and uh from that moment on after he left when he saw that I was said that I was telling the truth. Uh we had a very good relationship and he uh we, 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 we called each other twin. And uh the Chiefs had a great year that year, thirteen and three, and uh they lost a heartbreaker of a game in the playoffs to the Broncos and afterward uh I saw him and he was in a in in a long embrace with Marty Schottenheim, and they were very close, the coach and the player. And when he saw me, he said, "Clint, be, be, be grateful you weren't ever good enough to play pro sport because <laughs> he was so heartbroken. And uh, obviously, that all, you know, kind of came back to me a few years later when, when, when Derek was in a terrible car accident that uh, that paralyzed him and then killed him a couple weeks later. And uh, it's, uh, you know, he was he, he was really one of. We we think of the Chiefs as being a kind a, of a, a perennially good team. Uh, that really didn't happen until Schottenheimer and Derek Thomas kind of met up with each other in 1989. Um, they kind of wandered through the wilderness a lot in the 70s and 80s, much like the Jets did. Um, and, uh, you know, they, 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 they started to win a lot when they, when, 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 when Chiefs hired Marty and drafted Thomas. They came awfully close many times. Uh, And just never got there. And so, you know, when they when they won the game last Sunday, that was certainly one of the first things I thought about was, you know, all the guys who came, you know, who would come so close. And the relationship between that team and that city is just so intense and so close that uh, that uh, they take things very personally there. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a little bit of a personal stake just because. You know, for a very brief time, I had a pretty good relationship with Derek Thomas, who's one of the best
0: players in Chiefs history. Yeah, as someone who who spent some time in Kansas City, that relationship between the Chiefs and their fans, uh, can you just describe that a little bit? And is it is it a Chiefs town? Is it you know? I mean, the Royals. I know uh, a few years ago when they went on their run, obviously they had a lot of support. But is it is it a Chiefs town? Is it a baseball town? Is it a college sports town? What what do you think is the bigger bigger sport there?
2: It's a Chiefs town for sure. The Chiefs were the team that came and made Kansas City a professional team, a professional city rather. Um, they were very much of a college town for years and years, still a very heavy college basketball town. There's a lot of Kansas and Missouri fans who share Kansas City, so I mean, college basketball season is pretty big there. But when the Chiefs arrived from Dallas in 1962, they kind of established Kansas City as a pro town. Now look, I mean, they had already been there before for a couple of years, but they were terrible. Chiefs arrived and they were really good right away and the Chiefs have stayed you know I mean the, the athletics left the Royals were born the uh, NHL scouts came they left the NBA Kings arrived they left the, 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 the Chiefs are the constant for all this time and uh, it really really shows when, when, when the Chiefs are good uh, there really is no greater home field advantage, just because you have, you have 80,000 people all wearing red and all desperate for a win that day. Whether it's you know against the Broncos in September or against you know the Titans in the AFC Championship game, it's, it, it's as it's as close and uh, desperate as really is really the word. They've wanted to win there for so long, and the, uh, the you know the reaction you saw I think in the stadium on Sunday tells you all well, you need to know about how much how much they care. They love the Royals and obviously I mean they celebrated mightily when the Royals won. The Royals still have a place in their hearts. And uh but, but but the Chiefs were the first you know really the first time they became a, a, a genuine pro team with a winning team and they of course won the city's first championship in nineteen
0: seventy. Yeah, it it feels like there's kind of an easy correlation to make between the Chiefs and the Jets with both of them winning You know, AFL teams winning the Super Bowl in 68 and 69. And then, as you said, being out in the wilderness for a long time and um, Chiefs got good in the 90s and the Jets had a pretty good. They've had some decent runs through the years and now they're in the wilderness right now. Uh, Again, do you think this provides any hope uh, for for the Jets fans out there that if if the Chiefs can do this, that maybe uh, they can get there at some point again?
2: Well, I think both teams in the Super Bowl provide Jets fan at both because when I mean, we talk about the Chiefs, you're talking about a team that, like we said, they parallel they parallel each other for many years. And, uh, you know, even in terms of the near misses, I mean, the Jets have been to, you know, the four AFC championship games in that Super Bowl. So, I mean, they have sniffed it in the same way the Chiefs have sniffed it all the way up until this year. And, of course, the 49ers, you look at where they were the last four years. I mean, double-digit losses every year, and all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl. So that's a reminder that, you know, you get your stuff together in a hurry, you know, you really can accomplish things. So I think both teams provide, you know, should provide Jets fans with, you know, at least hope. I mean, that's not to say that that's going to necessarily happen to the Jets. There's 32 teams who want the same pathway to the Super Bowl. But it certainly shows you that there are, that,
0: that, that is possible. One question that we always get as sports writers is, is who do you root for? Right. That's what somebody, are you a Jets fan? I always get, I'm sure you get, you know, are you a, are you a Yankees fan? Are you a Giants fan? You know, cause you cover all the teams. Um, you know, one of my responses always, is I root for good stories and I know, when you're you have to spend the week covering the Super Bowl, like it's a lot of stories you have to write, and you're desperate for good stories. And we've had the Patriots so many years where it gets difficult to find new stories. This is kind of a fresh matchup with two new teams. Are there any storylines that you're particularly excited about to write this week and to delve into?
2: They, they really are, Brian. And you're so right. You know, when people say, uh, "Who do you root for?" I, mean, I say, "I root for me." <laughs> Which is the same thing as rooting for, for good stories, because I mean, I just root for, for what makes uh, for what makes the best uh, the best work day for me. But uh, they're really you know, they're, they're, the fact that both these teams are kind of relatively we I mean, the four have been in the Super Bowl before, but not this group. So you have an entirely different group. You have a coach that uh, was part of, it, of of the biggest Super Bowl gag job of all time a couple of years ago, so he's he's looking for redemption. I mean, you got the quarterback who's got his Patriot roots with the with the 49ers, and threw about three passes in the NFC in Championship game. So that's going to be great to watch. And to me, the one that I mean, the the the, the guy I could write about literally every day. If I if I work in Kansas City, still work in Kansas City, I write about Patrick Mahomes every day because I think there's something interesting to read about him every day. He's that fascinating, uh, an athlete. He's I mean, that much fun to watch. Um, and I really think you could, you know, write about him and his aura and what he's his, his impact. And of course, Andy Reid is going to be a, a fascinating story too, because he's, you know, a guy who's kind of pushed the rock up the hill so many times, and you know, he's probably never been this close. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's, it's a good thing too, because we have like 17 people going to the Super Bowl, so we have to share the stories uh, wisely. <laughs> and there's a lot of storylines.
0: You, you'll get Patrick Mahomes. I'll be writing about the backup long snapper. So, you know, <laughs> that's, the way, that's the pecking order. You know, he's the New York sports writer of the year. He's going to get the first choice of the stories.
2: I like that introduction. I mean, that, 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 that's the way it should be. It's kind of like when DiMaggio was being introduced as the greatest living Yankee. I like that. <laughs> uh,
0: what's who are, you picking? who are you picking in the game? Uh, you know, who do you think the MVP is? Just give me a little bit of how you see this game going.
2: Yeah I, I think it's going to be a fun game I really do I think it's going to be a great matchup I don't think either team is going to blow each other out and so I I think they're evenly matched I I, I just really I mean so it's hard for me to picture the the uh the, the Chiefs offense being outscored by anybody I really believe that I mean push comes to shove they'll they'll figure out a way to get it done uh that would probably just so I mean Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. I could live with that. I'll write about him again on Monday and Tuesday after the Super Bowl. And, uh, and it's just uh, – to me, to me, that will be the most satisfying, and even if you don't have a dog in the hunt. But the Niners have won five championships, and I realize, again, it's not the same group. But, you know, Chiefs fans have waited so long for this. Andy Reid has waited so long for this. And to me, Patrick Mahomes is the most most dynamic player in the league. So if he's the guy who leads, you know, the team we were championship this year – all the better for the for the NFL. So I mean, if, I'm pick a, if I'm going to pick a number, I'm going to pick 35-28 Chiefs and hope that it's maybe longer than
0: that. <laughs> feels like everyone's picking the Chiefs. Everyone picking, is picking the over, which means you could go go place a bet on the 49ers and the under, everybody, because everybody. it feels like everyone's going Chiefs and over.
2: Remember when we were last, last year to two-ball when it was like 3 nothing in the third quarter, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, writing running on that was a lot of fun uh all right well back i thanks for joining us i'll see you in miami uh jake our producer was asking what our big plans are i told him you know we're not that exciting a bunch but i'm sure canazaro is going to get us into some good restaurants so i'll see you in miami you can uh, check out vac's work in the post nypost.com and follow him on twitter at mike vac thanks Vac. all right we want to welcome in now my guy adam shine you can hear adam Every day, of course, on SiriusXM, MagDog Sports Radio from 10 to 1, Monday to Friday. He's also the host of the Adam Shine podcast. He's on CBS Sports Network. Shine is everywhere. All right, Shine, uh, let's start off with this Super Bowl matchup. Give me, uh, give me your initial thoughts on this Chiefs 49ers game.
3: because I'm thrilled to be with you, my friends. And my initial thoughts I I'm thrilled this is the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be epic, I think it's going to be excellent. I picked the Chiefs at the beginning of the season. Um, I've been staying with that pick, very consistent, staying with it. I think Patrick Mahomes, my guy, Patty Mahomes, is the best player in sports, best show in sports. I think San Francisco has, by a smidge, the better team. Love Kyle Shanahan, love that defensive line. I like Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, more than most. I think he's a solid clutch quarterback. But there's something about Mahomes. I won't pick against them. I can't pick against them. I think this is going to be a classic, epic Super Bowl. And I think Andy Reid, for the first time, is going to hoist that Lombardi trophy, and I can't wait for it.
0: It feels like everyone's expecting a shootout. You know, the the over-under, I think, is 54. Obviously, the Chiefs have shown how explosive they are. The 49ers have a good offense as well. Do you think it's going to go that way, or do you think this is going to be one of those where everyone thinks, oh, this is going to be a 60-point game? And all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more defensive. Here's what I think, guys. I think, you know, what I have
3: jotted down on the sheet of paper, subject to change on a football Friday on Shine On Sports on Sirius XM or Time to Shine on CBS Sports Network. But right now I'm gonna roll with thirty one twenty eight. I I actually think both these defenses are really good. I mean I I'm I would not hesitate to throw out the G word great in describing San Francisco. I think that defense is great, but look when you have Mahomes and and you have Hill and Kelsey and I think Kenny Watkins gonna have a big two ball Sunday and Williams has run the ball effectively. I mean, there's too many playmakers. The offensive coaching is is too good. You know, but this this Casey defense I think has been really strong down the stretch of the season. You know, they did a good job on Terrick Henry. Mahomes certainly helps you know, having a lead in the second half take him out of you know I take Tennessee out of their rhythm on offense. But this this KC defense since Thanksgiving has been really strong. Love Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, I think that Frank Clark is excellent. Honey Badger. Chris Jones being healthy is a big deal. So right now I'm of the opinion in the range of about 31-28, 35-31. That's what I'm looking at. If that counts as high scoring, you know, it certainly does. That would be taking the over. But I I think you'll see some key defensive plays here as well
0: not going to be that last year's 13-3 to 3 game, you're saying. Bit...
3: <laughs> no, it will definitely be much more exciting than last year. I, I echo that completely.
0: You said you're a big Jimmy G fan. Uh, do you think the 49ers are going to have to do more with him this week? Obviously, only eight passes in the championship game. Is he going to have to carry them a little more?
3: I think so. I mean, here's the beauty of Garoppolo. You know, he doesn't have an ego, and, and I've had Nick Bosa and George Kittle and Raheem Mostert, Mostert after Championship Sunday. I had him this past Tuesday on my Sirius XM radio show. Jimmy G doesn't have an ego. You know, He they could throw it over 30. They could throw it under 10. I I think the sweet spot is 17 to 20 in terms of passes. Because, you know this, I mean, we, we saw Jimmy G go into New Orleans and outgun Drew Brees. And, and with Kittle and, and Debo Samuel and, and Emmanuel Sanders, they have weapons. I mean, look, the way they run the ball, Kyle's style and system, I mean, the diverse, dynamic running backs, and the way they play defense. They don't want to throw it that much, but I, I think they're 17 to 20 in terms of attempts for Garoppolo feels right. By the way, you know he went five and two in games where he threw over 30 times. You know, asked a not only a Saints fan but a Rams fan, a Seahawks fan about Jimmy G making big time crunch time throws in the fourth quarter. You know, I I just think he's a really good quarterback. Clearly quarterback number two on the field on Super Bowl Sunday, but you know, even if he's a weak link of
0: the Niners doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback at all. Yeah, you, you referred to Mostert too. We we call him ex jet Raheem Mostert here, you know, in the Jets
3: <laughs> with, with, He
0: had that he had that six day run with the Jets in two thousand sixteen. Someone this week asked me, What do you remember about his time with the Jets? I was like, Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I was like, I'm not I'm not remembering six days. What um when you when you had a conversation with him, you know what What were your impressions of him uh talking to him?
3: How could you not love him i mean what what a rag to riches Horatio Alger' story of perseverance you know he still keeps the tape of when he was cut, he's motivated by it, he's humbled by it, and you know he was really appreciative of Kyle continuously calling his number i mean you know so team oriented you know I'm talking to him about about the domination the historic nature of that game crediting the offensive line, Garoppolo, down the downfield blocking. I mean, and he's so well-spoken. I, I really had a, a blast having him on China Sports on Tuesday. He he really comes across as a gem. And, you know, he was appreciative of his journey, you know, undrafted, out of purdue And, you know, he, he's motivated by it every single day.
0: What do you think of the job that um, John Lynch has done building this team? I was saying before to uh, to Jake, our producer, I remember covering a game, the Jets 49ers at the end of 2016, where, you know, the 49ers were a mess. And then Lynch and Shanahan come in and they built this. What do you think of just kind of the roster building lessons that John Lynch has given the league?
3: Well, I think uh, you make a great point going back. I mean, you almost have to do that to really hit home how special this is. You know, I, I wasn't convinced JD York was ever going to recover from Harbaugh Harbaugh. I mean, I, that was – that was a mess. I mean, Harbaugh is a fantastic coach, and you know Jim Tom Sula I thought was the single worst coaching hire in NFL history. Like worse than Tite, worse than Hanley, worse than Kitchens. You know his best attribute was location. He was there, and Jed could you know treat him like a puppet. Um, so that that made no sense. And Chip Kelly you know sucked the life out of the organization. And you know frankly probably could have stopped with the word sucks. I mean he was he was dreadful. And in, in San Francisco. And, and Shanahan, right guy, right time. You know, Scott Pioli told me on Time to Shine that, you know, Shanahan's the guy who's closest to Bill Belichick, or anyone who's ever been around, which leads me to Lynch. Yeah, which, which is a pretty incredible statement from Pioli. He talks about his smarts and, you know, how he sees things differently. And he wants input and values input. And Shanahan picked Lynch. And Lynch and Kyle have been great together, and that – that cupboard was bare, and they've they've stockpiled it. And you know, think about it—the way you know, the Trubisky trade, you know, building through the drafts, in the trenches, defensive line, the Jimmy G trade, signing Sherman—it's it's a masterclass on you know if you build it, they will come in terms of wins. And you know, I, I just think that both these guys
0: are tremendous. Uh, and then the chief—I mean, the Chiefs have done a great job too. Obviously, Mahomes is the big piece. Um. But what what jumps out to you about the job, you know that Vich did taking over when when they got rid of Dorsey and kind of it's been like a little bit longer process of building that team. But is there anything roster building wise that jumps out to you about Kansas City?
3: I think that Kansas City knowing that they needed to retool the defense for this year was genius because guys, you've been covering the league forever. You you know how it is where sometimes these teams get duped oh, we can get back again. I think the most classic recent example was Blake Bortle. Oh, we, we made it to championship Sunday. Let's bring back Blake Bortle. No, no, no. That's, they knew, even though it was a deep forward offside penalty away from going to the Super Bowl, they had to revamp it. They fired Bob Sutton, the former jet assistant, who Andy Reid loves, but they had to do it. You know, Justin Houston was Mr. Chief, got rid of him. You take a look at D Ford, got rid of him. I mean, those those were not no-brainers. Those were big, significant, major moves. They make the Frank Clark trade. They paid him a lot of cash. That was huge. They bring in Honey Badger. I mean, you want to talk about no one went to hold them, no one went to fold them to make a Super Bowl run, that's a tremendous job by Kansas City.
1: Jake in New York, uh, friend of the program, Next shine on sports. Uh, shout, out, <laughs> shout out to Mikey Fitz and Bob Stu. I'm an avid listener of the show on Sirius, and I always saw you around there. Good to have you on the program finally, Adam. And uh, your week in Miami, Kaz is not stocked up in the Fontainebleau and these five-star <laughs> hotels. I'm curious what Shine's week in Miami looks like. Do you hit the parties do you got a nice five star hotel? Do you eat do you eat nice? Uh are you chilling on the beach after your show ends? What's going on?
3: That is a great question, Jake. Ken, always loved when we would see you around at SiriusXM. XM and congratulations on your new wonderful job producing the the critically acclaimed podcast, especially Cause not any, you know, disrespect anyone else, but cause is my personal favorite one of all the great New York Most podcasts and I always make sure that I, I download it. Um you know this this is a work week i'm flying out down to miami on on monday after uh nfl monday qb on cbs sports network and then tuesday wednesday thursday friday three hours of shine on Sport, 10 to one eastern radio row then television show live radio row as well cbs sports network time to shine six eastern we have a who's who of guests i mean you know, it, it is shaping up and our guests are always incredible. Radio Row is incredible. But this week is gonna be off the charts. I've never been more excited about a week. You know, it's it's gonna be great. The the thing I'll do on the road is eat well. I mean, when you're in a different city, you have to. Uh Mad Dog's taking everyone out. He always does that every year, you know. We can expect it. He he takes everyone out. He's he's Chris Russo is is a mensch. And so we're Tuesday night going to Joe Stone Crab. So that, that's as good as it gets. And then Wednesday night, I'm having dinner with my producers from Time to Shine, Allison Coleman and Malcolm Cohen Coleman. We'll eat well that night. Very excited about that. But it's, you know, and no Clevelander. I'm not going to be with Kaz at the Clevelander <laughs> at 2 a.m. You know, I, I got to wake up and perform, you know, and, and go to work. So no. No sunbathing, maybe a uh, a jog in the morning on the beach, but uh, I, I can't wait for it.
1: TMZ needs video of Kaz and Shine at the Clevelander at 2 a.m. <laughs> uh, with some vodka soda stocked up. Uh, that's that's the content I'm waiting for. I don't know about you guys. Uh, you, you develop, uh, Shine, a great relationship with your callers. You, you hear a lot of guys say first time, long time, and you call them good friend, and they feel like they're part of the program. How important is that for you to establish that relationship considering, especially with Sirius, these are paying customers.
3: I think it's very important and it's also very genuine in how I feel. You know, anyone who's listening to the show, I I consider a friend. And, you know, people should always be encouraged to listen to the show and be part of it by calling and tweeting and obviously, you know, it's an interactive show. I, I'm a firm believer in taking calls and you know, some people think, oh, well, you can't have quote-unquote friends of the show or on a national program. And I just I vehemently disagree with that. And, you know, one of the ways our channel distinguishes itself from others, and I think we have the best lineup in sports radio, he take calls. And and I love taking calls. But even more than that, Jake, I love taking great calls. Because bad calls can slow a radio show down. And our producers, you mentioned them, Bob, Steele, Mikey Fitz, they're incredible. Just because you can dial a number doesn't mean you get on the air. And you know, there's a method to the madness when we take calls, but how we take calls, you know, are they on topic? Do we want to get off the topic? Have I addressed something yet? There's there's an art to it, and I I love our callers and our listeners, and you know, I, I I'm I'm lucky. I I love what I do, and I we have great great listeners and callers, and they they challenge me. And it's it's great. And I, I love the give and take, and it's a big part of the show.
1: And I can attest to that because I've heard some uh, dopes on the fan or even NFL radio. You have people calling with ridiculous trade trade offers or just insane statements. So I have to shout out my Mikey Fitz, my guy, and Bob Stew. They do do a terrific job because there's a lot of dopes out there. Let's be real. So uh, you you have some good callers on there.
3: That's no, true. And I and I think that they're – you know, I always say that, you know, uh, sometimes if people ask about, like, producing a show, you know, you don't just screen a call and it's, you know, Bob in Boston. Is, you know, you got to spend some time and what do they want to talk about and what's their point? And, you know, to me, there's an art to it. There's an art to screening a call. There's an art to taking a call when you take it. it, it there is a debate among smart people on whether or not telephone calls still work on radio in general, but especially nationally. And I'm pretty passionate that they work but they have to be great calls, because that's what people want to hear. That's what makes me better. And it still has to be around me. And I I'm, our producers are excellent, and I you know, we, we don't get foolish calls, and that's, that's something that I, I pride myself on, and it's, it's all part of the show, which I love.
1: All right, Adam, we appreciate the time. You can follow Adam Shine on Twitter at Adam Shine here. I' my Shine at Sports 1001. On SiriusXM Mad Dog Sports Radio, he's the host of the Adam Shine podcast, where he recently had the great Ice Cube on, and Time to Shine on CBS. How was Ice Cube, by the way? That must have been cool.
3: That was awesome. That was incredible. He, he's fantastic. If you missed it, a shame on you. B, you can download it on the SiriusXM
1: app. There you go. Shameless plug. And Time to Shine on CBS <laughs> Sports Network. Adam, great having you on the show, man. Enjoyed it. Enjoy the week in Miami.
3: I can't wait. Jake, guys, great stuff. You guys are the best. Thank you for the great work
0: that will do it for this episode of gangs all here with the new york post thanks to our producer jake brown for making the show happen subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, spotify or any of your preferred podcast platforms you can find more jets news by signing up for our daily new york Post sports newsletter and by visiting nypost.com we will be back next monday for a joint gangs all here blue rush post super bowl episode that will be our final episode before we return the week of march 9th before free agency see you after the super bowl